Okay. Uh, open your Bibles to First John. This is the this is the food sign up for that's passing around. So sign up to bring something to. It's a game night, is what we're doing. Okay, sounds fun. I told you, Christine and I are undefeated in Pictionary. So, just I mean, just saying. I don't want you to be afraid, but you know. Okay. First John chapter two, open your Bibles to, to the book of first John. We are in our fellowship series. Um, I, I don't know if you've been with us, you know, there's been some things in the study so far, which I just love. I, I love what God, the way John writes the apostle John, he writes a little different than Paul. He's more conversational. They'll just kind of bring up topics and it seems like they're random but they're not and but some of the insights that we have just by way of review look with me at first john chapter one okay by way of review first john chapter one verse one that which was from the beginning which we have heard which we have seen with our eyes which we have looked upon which our hands have handled of the word of life okay john starts with eternity with heaven coming to earth eternity enters into space-time. Light enters into darkness. Life enters into death. The spiritual enters into the physical. That was Jesus coming to earth. That's amazing. Okay, they, he's called the word of life. And John's like, we saw him, we heard him, we examined him, we walked with eternity. We saw that. And, and, and so John's talking about that. He switches gears and he talks, starts talking about fellowship that we can also have with him, with, with John and with others. But really, it's fellowship with God and fellowship with Christ. So here's the message. Heaven came to earth, and we can fellowship with those who are in the light. That's God in the light. God is light. Jesus is light. Okay, that's those who are walking with him, we get to be part of that and we get to have that fellowship. Now, one thing that we learn, okay, um, let's see, uh, these things write we unto you, verse four, that your joy may be full. Joy comes from your fellowship, not from other stuff. We talked about that. God is light, in him is no darkness at all, verse five. And then in verse six, if we say we have fellowship with him, and walk in darkness, we lie and do the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses, cleanseth us from all sin. So one thing we get from that verse is our fellowship is determined by our walk, not by our talk. If I say I have fellowship with him, but I don't walk with him, I don't actually have fellowship with him. So this helps us define fellowship. It, okay, so if I walk with God for five hours during the week, I've got five hours of fellowship. I could talk about my salvation and my sanctification and my hours of Bible study. I could talk about my positional reality about being in Christ. That doesn't change the fact that I, I have five hours of fellowship. I walked in the light. I walked with him for five hours. Like, like you can measure it. That's what fellowship is. I remember we moved away from 
Kansas City Baptist Temple for my education. Okay. And I remember, you know, I, I came back and we'd been in Alan Shelby's class. I remember we came back to visit and I'm like, Alan, I'm with you in spirit. He goes, well, you could always come back and be here in body. Like, like that doesn't mean anything like that you're with us and we don't have fellowship. Thank you for being like for me, but there's no fellowship. Okay, so fellowship is actually something we do not just something we talk about. So that's that's something we need to get our heads around. Fellowship is not the same thing as salvation. It's not the same thing as sanctification. It's not the same thing as holding a service. It is partnership, communion, doing things together. So, so okay, we went on. We've already covered the entire first chapter, which if you look at verses 8 through 10, John talks about sin. Okay, so God is light, in him is no darkness. Well, how can we as people that still deal with sin walk in the light? No darkness. Because even if you're like super Christian, there's still a little darkness in there, right? You still have thoughts you shouldn't have. Okay, so how is it that someone who's still dealing with some darkness can walk in the light? John tells us it's because you just confess your sins. So look, as soon as you as soon as you err, as soon as you sin, you just confess that thing, and then he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. We don't use our mouths to deny sin or to make excuses. We use our mouths to just confess. Oh God, I shouldn't have done that. He's like, Yeah, no, I know you shouldn't have. Okay. This now, the context of everything we've talked about so far is not your salvation. It's not your sanctification. It's not try harder. It's not do better. It is the fact that we can have fellowship with God because heaven came to earth. We saw him. He was there. We touched him. We heard him, John says. And now listen, you can have fellowship to the context of fellowship. And then we have to, we have to keep that in mind going into chapter two. Because chapter two, John does one of those things where it looks like he just changes the subject halfway through. But, but let's go ahead and, and, and read the first two verses. And I'm going to pray for the message that we can receive it. I'm going to do some teaching. Then we're going to break up into small groups. And then, and then y'all can, can work through all this. Okay. My little children, these things write I unto you that ye sin not. If any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Let's just pray and ask God for help. Amen. God, we believe that, that we are your body in this place. We have your spirit. God, we have your word, and we just need to tune in and get what we need from you this morning. God, I thank you for Monica and the choice that she made. She was given a choice to accept or to reject what you said about salvation. And God, she received that. And God, as many as received you to, to her, gave you power to become a child of God. Thank you for that. Lord, I thank you for everyone who's gathered here. I pray for this time that your spirit would have free course. We love you. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so my little children, these things write I unto you that ye sin not. Okay. Last week, we learned that if you sin, you just confess it and God cleanses you. Well, hey, that's handy. There may be someone who thinks, well, man, that's, I can go sin. 
I just confess it and it's all good again. It makes me think of Romans chapter six, verse one and two. What shall we say then? Shall we continue to sin that grace may abound? And what's Paul say? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? How? But the, this isn't license to sin. And this is our first point here is that the, the, you know, these things he's writing unto us that ye sin not, not that you may sin. In other words, it's not permission. It's not license to sin. Last week, we learned to confess our sins. We actually finished up our time in class last week, just like silent prayer, introspection. So like, let me see, God, I, I need to confess some things and just leave here having taken a spiritual shower, right? It's a good thing. We need to do that regularly. Okay. So last week, we learned to confess sin. This week, we're going to learn to forsake them. These things I write unto you that you sin not. That's pretty good. That's a, that's a good a good thing to learn. And what we find from the, these first two verses is that, okay, so I write these unto you that you sin not. But when you do sin, okay, it's like God gave the nation the law. Here's the Ten Commandments. Here's the next 613 commandments that go along with them. Don't break the law. Okay, now when you break the law, here's the atonement. Here's how you make up for that. There's a lamb that, that on Yom Kippur, on the Day of Atonement, the holiest of all the feast days for the nation of Israel, the high priest takes the blood of the lamb and sprinkles it on the mercy seat. And if that blood of the lamb is accepted, then the nation as a whole is considered atoned. The difference between you not being able to keep the law and God's expect that difference was made up by the blood of the lamb. Does that make sense? It's the same thing here. Little children, I write these things unto you that you sin not. Okay, now when you sin, we have an advocate. Who is it that's seated at the right hand of God making intercession for us? Yeah. So the devil's like, Nick, sin. Jesus is like, yeah, I paid for that one. I'll advocate for him. He's mine. Monica, you now have an advocate in heaven seated at the right hand of the Father, Jesus Christ. You're not going to live perfectly, but when we mess up, we have an advocate. Thank, thank you, God. Where would we be without that? And here's why he can advocate for you successfully. It's because he is also the propitiation. When's the last time you used that word? Anyone ever use propitiation outside of like Bible study? You don't use that all the time? You could like in business. You could be like, look, I owe you some money. You owe me some money. There's a gap that needs to be made up. Let me just give you this as a propitiation. Let me give you this to atone for, to make up what's lacking. That's what a propitiation is. It's an atonement or something that's done to make up a difference. Well, we had a sin debt that we couldn't pay. Jesus, it says in verse two, was our propitiation. He paid the penalty for our sin. What's the wages of sin? Death, someone's got to die for sin. I don't have to die for my sin because Jesus was my propitiation. He, he did that. And not for me only, but also, did you, did you see that in verse 2? But also for the sins of the whole world. Not, not just for the elect. 
the whole world. You guys see that, right? Okay, so let's go on. Verses three through six, and I'm just going to read these. If you could get eyeballs on them so that it's getting into your mind through your eyes and through your ears, that's, that's better, okay? Verse three, and hereby we do know that we know him if we keep his commandments. He that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoso keepeth his word, in him verily is the love of God perfected, and hereby know we that we are in him. Verse 6, and he that saith he abideth in him, ought himself also to walk, even as he walked. And so what I want to do is just kind of work from the bottom up. And I want to look at walking and abiding and loving and knowing and just examine this before we break up into our small groups and get some understanding about this. So let's start with walking. That's, that's the end of verse 6, okay? He that saith he abideth in him all ought himself also to walk even as he walked. So in 2017, I got to go to Israel. I went to the Holy Land. Okay, now when you go to Israel, it's a small country. You got the Mediterranean Sea, and we'll put, we'll put the Mediterranean Sea over here. Okay, then you've got the hill country leading up to the mountains. Okay, this would be like Judea. This is the wilderness. It's just a bunch of dry hill country. Okay, it's like the foothills if you're driving to the mountains of, through Denver. Okay, so you got the Mediterranean Sea. You've got the coastal plain. You've got the hill country. Then you've got the mountains. Then you have the Jordan River, which runs all the way from up north. It goes down, forms the Sea of Galilee. The Jordan River continues to the Dead Sea, and then it continues down all the way to the Red Sea, down there in the Gulf Coast, okay, down there. So then on the other side, it's mountains again. It's the Golan Heights, which oversee the, the Sea of Galilee, and, and then it's just mountain territory all the way down there. Now, if you're going to walk somewhere in Israel, where you walk depends on the, the lay of the land, the topography of the land dictates where you do and don't walk. And there is Rome was famous for building its roads. Well, okay, so there's the coastal plain, there's the hill country, there's the mountains, there's the Jordan Rift Valley where that Jordan River comes down, and then there's the mountains. Okay, so, so Rome built two major roadways. One was the, 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 the road by the sea. Okay, it's like the, the Via del Maris, the, the, the way of the, the sea. And it, and it juts around Mount Hermon, because you don't want to climb up Mount Hermon and then climb down the other side if you're trying to take a load of supplies from one place to another. So, so the topography dictates where that road goes. There's also the King's Highway, which is over here. Okay, that would be on the other side of the Jordan River. So where you walk when you go to Israel determ is determined by the lay of the land. It's the same topography that was there when Jesus was there. So if you go to Israel with LFBI, you can take a biblical archaeology course where you learn all this stuff. But then when you go there, here's what your tour guide tells you. This is where Jesus walked in John chapter 4. 
Here's Jacob's well. Look at John chapter four, verse six. And Jesus had to go through Samaria and, and he's walking and he got to the well and he rested because he was wearied. Okay, you're like, yeah, I'm weary. Like I just got off the tour bus and had to walk through the wilderness hill country. But now that I get here, John chapter four, verse six is a little bit more real to me. Jesus is weary from through the hill country but 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 here's here's what happens you you go to these different sites and here's here's the thing it's like this is the holy land because is where jesus walked he walked right down this road you're and so you're walking down this road and you're like i'm walking where jesus walked okay now you know i don't know that's pretty cool is it exactly? Well, no, there's probably like 20 feet of debris between now and then, but it's, it's the same roadway, the same place that Jesus walked. And there's just nothing but tour bus after tour bus after tour bus of people going to the Holy Land. Why is it holy? Well, it's holy because Jesus walked there. You go to the Sea of Galilee and you get a ride on a boat and you go out on the boat and you get to catch fish and you get to eat those fish. Well, what's cool about that? I could do that at Lake Jacomo. Yeah, but that's not where Jesus walked on water. That's not where Jesus ate fish. It's holy land because that's where Jesus walked. Okay, now look, go back to 1 John chapter 2, verse 6. He that saith he abideth in him ought himself also so to walk even as he walked okay you, you remember what we're talking about is fellowship but if we walk in the light as he is in the light that is his present tense jesus is in the light he is the light if you walk in the light you're walking with jesus look at proverbs chapter four we'll do a little flipping around here proverbs chapter four Uh, we'll start in verse 10. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 10. Hear, O my son, and receive my sayings, and the years of thy life shall be many. I have taught thee in the way of wisdom. I have led thee in what kind of paths? Right paths. Here's paths for you to walk in. Okay, skip down with me. Verse 18. But the path... <coughs> Okay, but the path of the just is as a shining light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. All right, if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. Listen, heaven came to earth. Life came to death. Light came to darkness. The spiritual came to the physical, and that light that life, that Jesus Christ, he came. This is the thing. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with him. It's holy ground because that's where he is. So in Israel, we'd be like, that's where Jesus walked and everybody wants to walk there. There's the Jordan River. That's where Jesus was baptized. Everyone's like, I want to get baptized there. And they go get baptized in the Jordan. There's like a big line. It's like, hey, there's a big line here. Why don't we go get baptized over on that river? Well, that's not the Jordan River. 
That's not where Jesus was baptized. You don't want to get baptized over there in the Euphrates or something. You want to get baptized in the Jordan River. There's a lot of paths you could walk, but there's only one path where Jesus walked. There's only one way to walk with him. Walk in the light. The way of the just is as a, what, shining? Where am I at? Um, I'm on the wrong page. The way of the just is as a shining light that shines more unto the perfect day. Now, so, so here's the message of this first part, walking. Walk with him by walking the lit path. There is a way to walk in the light. God has given us that. that listen, you want fellowship with others. Some of you are lonely. Okay, some of you are lonely and you want friendship and, you know, come eat lunch on Thursday and we'll be friends. Okay, but you know what you really need? You don't need peanut butter and jelly sandwich with a few other, you need fellowship. And we have fellowship when we walk in the light. We have fellowship one with another. Fellowship is with God and with Christ. Now we're going to talk about how cool this is here in a little bit. Okay, but that's walking. You want to walk with him. He is in the light. The reason you don't have fellowship with him is because you're not. Okay, if I don't have fellowship with God, it's not because he went somewhere. It's because I'm off stumbling around in the dark trying to figure out where I'm supposed to be. Okay, walk the lit path and we'll have fellowship with him. The next one is abiding. Okay, so this is back in 1 John. Now we are going to come back to Proverbs chapter 4, so I don't know if you want to keep a finger there, but but back in 1 John chapter 2, still in, in verse 6, He that saith he abideth in him, on himself also so to walk, even as he walked. Now, what's it mean to abide? To listen, to obey. What else? Abide. To live. Like you guys abide in your homes. If I said, where is your abode, Nick? He would tell me, well, I abide, and he would give me his address or whatever. That's where, that's where you live. It's where you stay. Okay, if, if you say that you're staying, you're, you're with Christ, well, then you ought to, to walk with him. In research for this, I, I went to the great theologian, the real Heiken Viking. The hiking Viking. He's not a theologian. Okay. He's, he's the hiking Viking. And he quit his job. He did like PTSD from the military. So he grew a giant beard. He did the Forrest Gump thing where Forrest Gump like ran for two years. Like he just grew a big beard. He quit his job and he just like hikes around. And he was hiking on the Appalachian Trail. This is what he said. He said, everyone should just quit their jobs and just hike. Live on your backpack out of your tent and just give up all this stuff you, and just live on the trail. Okay, now I'm not promoting that. I'm not even promoting the hiking Viking. It's fun to, I mean, you could look at it. But here's what he does, though. He just, he stays on the path that he's on. So he's hiking. He's got his backpack. It's getting dark. He stops. Just stop on the trail. Puts up his tent. 
sleeps. In the morning, he gets up and guess where he is? He's just still on the trail. He never diverted from it. And he just, then he gets up and he puts up his, his, his tent. He, he eats his breakfast. He puts it in his backpack. And then he just on hiking and he lives on the path. He just lives on the trail. Okay, well, it sounds really simplistic. But listen, if you say you abide in him, you ought to stay on the path that he's on. Okay, look, go back to, go back to Proverbs chapter four. Proverbs chapter four, I think. Proverbs chapter four, starting in verse 10. Hear my son and receive my sayings and the years of thy life shall be many. I have taught thee in the way of wisdom. I've led thee in the right paths. When thou goest, thy steps shall not be straightened. That means you're not gonna to get to a point where you can't continue because the trail got too, too narrow. And when thou runnest, thou shalt not stumble. Verse 13, take fast hold of instruction, let her not go. Keep her, for she is thy life. Verse 14, enter not into the path of the wicked and go not in the way of evil men. Stay on the path. Don't go down that path. Stay on this path. Avoid it. Pass not by it, turn from it, pass away. Okay, so you're, you need to be like the hiking Viking to where you just stay on the path. So there is a lit path for us to walk on. If I'm gonna say I abide in Christ, but I'm not walking that path, you know what, I'm deceiving myself. I'm a liar. I'm not saying I'm not saved. We're not talking about salvation. I'm not talking about how spiritual and holy you are and how sanctified you are. I'm talking about your fellowship with God. If you say, I'm in Christ, that's how I sign my emails, in Christ, because of Ephesians chapter 1 through 3. But then halfway through Ephesians 3, Christ is supposed to be in me also. When I go, I take Christ with me, and I'm walking with him, right? Like, like that's the, if I say I'm in Christ, I should walk like that, or else I'm a liar. If I'm walking down the path, the lit path with the Lord, and all of a sudden I see an alternate path, boy, that looks fun to the flesh. And usually it's not like we just, we get lazy. Like, oh, next, next thing we know, we're lost. We're off the trail. We don't know how we got here, but it's a bad place. We're full of anxiety and frustration. We're mad at everybody all the time. We gotta get back on the right path. Okay, so it's really not very simple, but I'm sorry, it's not very complicated, but as you walk the lit path, stay on it. You got triggers? To knock you off the path. If you're married, I'll bet you have at least one trigger that can tend to knock you off your path. <laughs> your spouse. Oh my goodness, how does that happen? <laughs> the person that, like, I'm supposed to be the one that helps, but I'm probably the her biggest, like, like bear on the path, whatever. Like, like it, like. People you love the most sometimes can be, because they're made out of dirt, right? Yeah. You guys are looking at me like you don't know what I'm talking about, a bunch of fakers. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. Okay. Okay. There are triggers, your pet peeves, 
your passionate preferences, things that you can't abide, your biggest fears, your biggest doubts, voices in your head. Okay, so maybe it's not meth, but maybe it's alcohol. Maybe it's not that, but maybe it's illicit relationships. Maybe it's not your eyes, but maybe it's your pride. Maybe it's not one thing, but it's another. There's certain things, and God knows our strengths and our weaknesses, and there's this lit path, and then there's these other paths. And here's the message. If you're going to abide with them, you got to stay on the path. Don't go there. You know where it leads. Why would you do that? Okay, so, so verses 3 through 5, we're working our way up. In verses 3 through 5, and hereby do we know that we know him, if we keep his commandments, he that saith, I knoweth him, and keepeth not his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whosoever keepeth his word, in him verily is the love of God perfected. Wait a minute, what? what? Why are we talking about love all of a sudden? We were talking about like sin and keeping his commandments and walking the right path. And then John just throws in love. What does love have to do with anything? And this is what I'm saying that John's kind of conversational. And just so you know, the outline for 1 John is God is light, chapter one. God is love, chapters two, three, and four. And then God is life is is chapter uh, five. That's our outline. God is light, God is love, and God is life. And, And John is introducing this idea of love, but here's what he says, the people that keep God's commandments in them, in that group, is the love of God perfected. In other words, if I'm gonna, if I'm gonna love you like God wants me to, all I have to do is keep his commandments. That's all I have to do. Now we're gonna spend some time going through the rest of this on what exactly does that mean to keep his commandments, okay? Um, I don't want to spend a bunch of time on that right now, but if you just think about some of the things you know. Ephesians chapter 2, like, or, or Philippians chapter 2. What if I just had lowliness, humility, and meekness, and I just esteemed others better than myself in everything I did? Well, the people that are around me would feel blessed because I'm esteeming them better. I'm looking out for them, and I'm not looking out for myself, right? Well, that's just a simple example, but, but, but it, the keeping God's commandments and loving others, really, it's the same thing. Loving others and keeping God's commandments, that's the same thing. We'll talk about that as we continue through First John. I don't want to spend a bunch of time on that. In fact, let's go to this other point, which is knowing him. So in verses three through four, hereby do we know that we know him. So like, how do you know what you know? That's what George Grace asked at Dell Church Retreat. He's trying to get you to study your Bibles. How do you know what you know? Can you, can you explain that to others? And so here's, a, here's the answer. You know that you know him if you keep his commandments. He that says, I, I know him and keepeth not his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. So, so knowing him is actually the goal. And here's where we get to the crux of the whole message. These things I write unto you that you sin not. Okay. Knowing him, not not sinning, is the goal. 
so heaven came to earth, light came to the darkness, and there is now a lit path for us to follow in what is otherwise darkness. Turn with me to, to 2 Peter chapter 1. That's just like a page or two back. 2 Peter chapter 1. Look at verse 2. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you. Well, that sounds like the shining path. It's just getting brighter and brighter. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through what? The knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. According as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue. That knowledge of him doesn't mean I went to LFBI and memorized my entire New Testament. And I've got all this knowledge. No, no, no. This is knowing him. I know Jesus. I know God. I have a personal relationship with him. And you know how I know that? Because I've been walking this lit path for the last 25 years. Do I walk it perfectly? No, no. No, let's not start making lists of all the things where we fall short. But let me ask you this question. Do you know that you know him? And is that the goal? I appreciate the fact that you don't want to sin. Good for you. I don't want to sin either. None of us. Once you're born again, your heart changes. We still sin, but like we're like, oh, man, want to do that? As opposed to the lost person who's like, I did want to do that. I hope I don't get caught. The saved person, I, I know we don't want to sin, but you'll never not sin by focusing on not sinning. But if I can come to an understanding that says there is a path, light came into the darkness, the spiritual came to the physical, and this is now explained for me in the written word of God. Stay in Second Peter chapter 1. Go to the end of that chapter. Verse 19, we have, present tense, also a more sure word of prophecy. It's more sure, it's more trustworthy than when the prophets of old time spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. We have a more sure word of prophecy. Whereunto ye do well that you take heed. So pay attention to this, what we've been given, the written word of God, scripture, as unto a light that shineth in a dark place. Okay, so I'm going to walk this path and I'm going to look so much different than all my coworkers. I'm going to look so much different than everyone else at the block party tonight. Why? Because I'm walking a, a lit path. I'm walking biblically. Now that's the path where Jesus walked. And as I begin to walk that path, every once in a while, I just, I catch a glimpse. Of, it's like, I have fellowship with Jesus. This is what Jesus went through. This is how he lived. This is holy ground. And I'm walking with him. And as you do that over time, you get to know him. And he, you have a personal relationship because you're walking with him. Does that make sense? And I don't want to get off this path. And, and then leave Jesus and go chase after the things of the world? No, I want to forsake all that stuff. And I just, okay, you guys, that's how you, that's how you sin not. 
focus on fellowship and knowing him. Christine, we're in service. She was, she was looking at this verse, the, the flesh wars against my soul. She's like, that's why I can't lose that last five pounds. My flesh is warring against my soul. Man, you'll never arrive to sinless perfection by trying not to sin. Just try it. So, so if the challenge was none of us are going to eat a bacon cheeseburger and we all make a vow and we, we dip our thumb. and I, Okay, all we're going to do is eat bacon cheeseburgers all week or we're going to commit dietary fornication wishing we could eat bacon cheeseburgers. That's all we're going to do. If you focus on not sinning, then all you're going to do is sin. But if you'll focus on fellowship with God and walking with him, and knowing with him. I want to walk where Jesus walked. I want to walk how he walked. I want to focus on that. And sin has, it just lost its foothold in my life a little bit. Does that make sense? Let's pray, break up into small groups and we can just kind of work through, um, work through our, our small group questions there. Oh, sorry, hang on. Wait, sorry, I know your heads were bowed, eyes were closed, my bad. Okay. By the way, this spells walk. So in the margin of your wide margin Bible, you want to take a note from this passage and just outline this. Walk with him. Abide with him. Love him and others and then know him experientially. Walk. You, you could do that. I made it easy for you. So I'm going to leave that up there because you have the small group assignments there. So let's pray. Father, we love you. And, and God, we, we, we see that you brought light to the darkness. And we want to walk in the light as you are in the light. And so, Lord, I just pray you'd, you would draw us to yourself so that, Lord, individually and collectively, God, we're trusting in you. We're walking in the light, and we just trust you for everything that comes from that. So thank you, Father. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.